Welcome to the Passive Income Through Multifamily Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by Limitless Estates, where Kyle and Lolita talk to top experts and seasoned passive investors in the business to help provide clarity and key insights to keep you safe on your journey to financial freedom. Our goal is to help you get educated on how to create passive income for you and your family using real estate as your vehicle. If you enjoy the show, please go to iTunes and leave a rating and written review to help us grow and reach more listeners. Now, here are your hosts, Kyle and Lolita. Hey, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Passive Income Through Multifamily Real Estate Podcast. I'm your co-host, Lolita, also joined by Kyle. Before we get started, please make sure to head over to our website, limitless-estates.com, and grab our free Passive Investor's Guide. Also, if you're interested in learning more about what we do, you can schedule a call with Kyle on our website as well. All right, time to get into our show. Today, we have Bob Lachance here with us. Bob, thanks for being here. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Thanks for being here. Before we get into the interview, here's a little bit about Bob. Bob is a nationally recognized speaker, mentor, and trainer who specializes in helping customers build their businesses through automation and outsourcing. He acquired his first flip in 2004 and has done over 700 transactions since then. Bob has also started two very successful real estate coaching programs, three virtual assistant staffing companies, a used appliance company, and much more. He is the owner of Riva Global LLC, which focuses on offering trained real estate virtual assistants to real estate professionals. What a phenomenal background, and today's focus will be on a service where all you listeners can benefit from and apply to your businesses today. Join us at the Asset Management Virtual Summit on September 24th through October 4th. It's a 14-day content-packed event for multifamily operators and asset managers with over 1,000 attendees and over 30 amazing speakers. You will hear from experts about investor relations, maximizing revenue, building systems, KPIs, and so much more. Go to amsummit2020.com to grab your free ticket. Discover the best asset management strategies all in one place. We'll see you at the Asset Management Virtual Summit. So Bob, let's dive right in. And could you please tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself and what you currently do? Absolutely. I'll give you a two-second rundown. I know you guys, uh, we kind of have a some similar backgrounds being athletes, right? I know, uh, Kyle, you played a little pro, pro as well. Um, I did, but Lolita actually played at a much higher level. She's better than me. Did you? Yeah. Fantastic. Who wins? Who wins? Oh, Lord. Did you have tell, to ask come that? On. <laughs> tell them, Lolita. Tell everyone, Lolita. Okay. When we played this one time, Kyle won. But if we were to play multiple times, it would be me. I agree. I, I saw your profile. Part three, you're going to kick everyone's butt. So yeah, I love it. Fantastic. So <laughs> perfect. All right, a little bit about myself. I played professional hockey for eight years, four years here in the US, four years in Europe. Then in 2004, I had my first child and I decided uh, I was living in Europe at the time. I decided, hey, I had to grow up one day. So I figured I'd retire back in 04 and uh, jump into real estate investing. From there, I acquired my first flip pretty much two months into retirement. And then I got my first business partner, jumped into short sale investing, which is going to be a, a something that's going to be coming up again in the short sale world with uh, what's going on right now. It's going to be another opportunity. Uh, and then I started two coaching programs, our real estate education mentor programs while I was flipping properties and things like that. I've, now I do uh, some commercial deals, private lending, wholesale rehab, 
And then that actually morphed into seeing a big need in the industry, which were, you know, all of us together, we're very, very busy what we do, whether we're any type of real estate professional, you're a property manager, you're a wholesaler, you're a rehabber, you're an agent. We're all very, very busy in what we do on a daily basis. And I saw a need working with coaching students and myself in we needed affordable, high-level help for our real estate right endeavors. So I got introduced in 2013 to the virtual assistant world. Um, I never knew what a virtual assistant was. Virtual assistant basically is somebody who doesn't work in your office that works anywhere in the world. Right. So I got introduced to that through the Philippines, my first virtual assistant I got was 2013. And then 2014, a light bulb went off and said, you know what, there's a huge opportunity to offer a service of, for trained virtual assistants for exactly what we do in the real estate profession. So I launched my first company in 2014, and here we are today. Perfect. Well, I'm excited to talk about this subject because we're kind of in that transition now where we're, you know, hiring some VAs and then messing around with that process. And it's really not an easy process when you first get started. So I'm excited to dig in a little bit. Can you give a brief overview of how you use the automation and outsourcing your business tail and also help others do the same? Absolutely. It all depends on first thing I do is I always hone in on exactly what your niche is. If it's wholesaling, there's a certain amount of tasks or certain tasks that you do for wholesaling, rehabbing and property management. So for property management is a perfect example from what we're talking about right now. A lot of property management tasks really take a lot of time out of your day, which obviously you two know. One of them would be having a general virtual assistant take in inbound calls, whether they're from tenants, whether they're from the owners that are actually the investors that are actually you're managing the properties for. You know, I do know I own a number of properties myself. When I do get a phone call and my phone rings and I think it's a tenant, I'm cringing. I'm like, oh no, is it going to be my tenant in unit two is going to complain about the tenant in unit three? It just, those are the things that really beat you down. So for us as investors, we need to automate a lot of what we do in our business. We'll get into different types of things to actually do in different niches, but I think that's really, really important on the automation side. You know, automation is both people and technology, and it's a mix of both. Yep. So outsourcing does cost money. So at what point do you tell someone to start outsourcing and setting up these systems? Because it's certainly harder to do when you're first starting out. Yep. I would first say, on Sunday, I'll give an example. So every Sunday night, I'm assuming that all of us look at our calendar and we say, all right, here's what we have to do for the whole week, right? So... If on Tuesday you start looking at your calendar and you break into cold sweats, you start saying, oh no, I gotta do this task, I gotta do this task, you're just dreading Tuesdays. And then Wednesdays aren't that bad, but Thursdays they stink too, right? And then Fridays, and you just can't wait for five o'clock on Friday to come about, so you don't have to do those tasks. That's what I would say, number one, is when I would definitely start looking to outsource tasks. Again, a virtual assistant could be a company like mine. It could be someone in your state, someone in your town, someone who doesn't work in your office specifically. But I would say once you start you know, losing your energy, now one example would be you know, if I have, let's say, a list of 10,000 names and I want to you know, start gauging seller motivation to buy properties. And if I have to hammer the phone all day long, that would sap my energy. For me to outsource that to somebody else, guess what? I can work on building my business. I don't have to work on that specific task that will sap all of my energy. That makes yeah. sense? 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think for the people thinking, oh man, I don't have twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars to hire a VA, you don't have to hire someone full time to start and you can give them small tasks and work into it. And what are these VAs costing anywhere from what, maybe five to anywhere from fifty dollars, right? Yeah, so we have two different packages. We have a part-time package and a full-time package, and it's ten sixty an hour for part-time and it's nine sixty an hour for full-time. When you start comparing, hey, is it better to hire somebody that's an employee here in our office, or is it better to hire a virtual assistant? I look at two different things. Economics is a big part of what I look at. So every small business, some of us make more than others, some of us make less, we're all over the map. So I start looking at, all right, who do I wanna hire? If I wanna hire someone with a four-year college education coming out of college here in the United States, on average, you're looking at between forty-five dollars to $50,000 salary. So when you start looking at that, it's a lot of money. That's around 25, 26 bucks an hour. And that's only on salary. When you start adding in, you know, salary plus taxes, plus unemployment, plus benefits, plus workers comp, you're going to add on another 18 to 26% on top of what that salary looks like. So those are all hidden costs, whereas you could get three, four virtual assistants working for you. Yeah. Do you suggest hiring multiple virtual assistants to focus on what their strengths are or hiring just one full-time or maybe two full-time people to kind of take up the bulk of your workload? That is a great question. And here's the way I look at it. So a virtual assistant is the same as, you know, manual, right? Let's say uh, you're more extrovert. So, and I'm more introvert. So that means I would be better suited to do more admin roles where you'd be better suited to do more phone work, right? We break it up into you know, admin and what's called an ISA, inside sales agent. So when you're looking at virtual assistants, you have to definitely look at what their resume is. We do disk profiling to make sure that number one, they don't freak when they're on the phone because a lot of tasks that we do, and think about this, we are truly in a virtual world right now. And you know, 90 to 95% of all we do right now is over the phone. So to have those communication skills, we have to make sure that we do a good job of, you know, sourcing, screening, and getting those right individuals throughout the process. So there is a process of getting what those, you know, what that skill set is. So I would 100% recommend just sticking within the tasks that that particular individual is good at. Perfect example would be a bookkeeper, right? If your bookkeeper comes in your office and all of a sudden now you need someone to, you know, outbound dial my bookkeeper would probably freeze and she wouldn't be put in the right position to succeed because that's just not what her skill set is. Yep. Makes sense. So training is another topic when it comes to VAs. It seems to be a challenge when you're first starting out. Any tips or suggestions getting started on training your VA? Absolutely. The first thing I would do is make sure that you write out exactly what you want. What are the roles? What are your responsibilities? And what are your results? So if you start with the role, give an example. Uh, one of your pain points in your property management company is taking inbound leads, right? Inbound calls from tenants and sellers. I used that example before. So what I would do if I'm looking at bringing on a virtual assistant, I would then first, that's the role, then the actual responsibilities. What are the tasks involved under those responsibilities? To break it down very simply, you'd have tasks under the tenant calls and you'd have tasks under the investor owner calls that would come into your business and then just identify what those tasks are and just create a simple video on it. That's the easiest way to actually set up training for your virtual assistant. 
Yep. I mean, it does take work on the front end, but it saves so much time on the back end with all the headaches and all that stuff. I mean, I do the same thing. I record on my screen on Loom and just put it into a video library. And the first thing that a VA needs to do is watch all the videos. And then once they do that, we can have another call and go from there. But there's definitely training that needs to happen on the front end. 100%. And it's worth it. That's what one of the things our company helps with helping you know, create the whole shell for you to be able to then manage the virtual system as well. But I do agree 100% with you on it does take time up front and that's okay. Yeah. Now, this may not apply to your company directly because it sounds like you're more structured as far as your pricing and it's a little bit closer. But how do you go about selecting a VA? Because a lot of these sites, you post something and you do get the range of people from $3 an hour to $50 an hour for certain tasks. How do you sort through that and select the best candidate and probably, you know, get the best bang for your buck as well? So my virtual assistant are in the Philippines and we have a whole recruiting and sourcing company or department, I should say, not company set up, recruiting and sourcing department set up, training department, placements and operations. So what we do on the sourcing and recruiting side is, you know, we have a ton of ads going out and we drive all those applications into our company. So what we do is we screen them, we make sure they have a four-year college degree, they have call center experience. We do two different interviews. One is the initial interview, and the next one is the final interview. And we screen through, you know, do they have limited access? Do they have English proficiency? Do they have the correct communication skills? Then we run them through what's called a systems check to make sure that they have the right operating system for the computer. They have system specs. They have the speed test is high enough, and they have the correct backup. So those are just some things that you actually have to look through and the process you have to go through. Some of those other sites, you're going to have to actually call every single one of those people on the resume and run through exactly what our company does for you, meaning screening, initial interview, final interview, and systems check. Okay. So talk about what automation and outsourcing has done for your business. Can you tell us what your system is? Like how many VAs do you have? What do they do? And then what have been the results basically? Absolutely. So that's kind of an interesting question. Right now, today, we have over 200 and 50 VAs working with me as a company. My investment company is a little different. Of course, I don't have 250 working with me in an investment company, but I have, like I said, I have property management, I own some properties. I have a wholesale business, a rehab business, and I lend. But some of the tasks that my virtual assistants do, um, I live in Connecticut, so I have them go up into Pre-for- so for scraping leads, I'll give you just a good example. Because this could we could talk for, <laughs> for hours upon hours on this stuff. But one of the tasks I have them do that's very specific to Connecticut, but can be for different states as well. Uh, we have a judicial website. We have our virtual assistant go into the pre-foreclosure area of a judicial website and scrape all of the new pre-foreclosure leads that come in. But what she does is she also follows it throughout the process and finds out because we're in a, a very long foreclosure state right here in Connecticut and we have our track through the process on when the actual sale date hits the foreclosure auction sale date hits now majority of those homeowners do not appear so that is a gold lead for us because when they don't appear they don't even know they're actually going to be getting a foreclosure sale date set so then we have our phone team our VAs start when they get that they skip trace them and then they start uh, outbound down the gauge seller motivation as soon as the homeowner says, yes, you know what, I'm interested in, in talking more about it, that's when we get that warm transfer sent over to our acquisition team, as an example. Got it. Okay, fantastic. Yep. Are there any other best practices or tips we haven't talked about about outsourcing or VAs that you want to share with the audience? Yeah, I would definitely be very clear, and this is a question that I get a lot, 
you know, what are the roles, you know, what are the requirements and what are the results? So number one, please be clear on what your roles are, because this is where I see people get, they say, you know what, I know I need help, but where do I start? So what I would do is I would definitely look at what is that big pain point in your business? What is that role that you need fulfilled? And then the requirements, the tasks, just be crystal clear on the tasks. And then results are very important, right? So if you want a VA to take inbound leads, how many inbound leads do you want them to take per day? What is realistic? If you want them to do outbound dialing, you know, what's realistic to do how many calls they could do per day? So just have a set of results, and we could help with that as well because I know every task is a little different on results, but just please be very, very clear on what you want because if you're not clear on what you want, even if you hire someone in-house that's sitting right next to me, if I'm not clear on what they want, they're going to be frustrated and they're not going to be successful and it's going to be my fault. Yep. One last question I have is as far as the employees that you're hiring, let's just say I'm hiring a full-time person, about how long does someone stay with a company? Is there a lot of turnover? It all depends on what type of investor or real estate professional comes in. We have property managers that have been with us for five years, right? We have investors that just come on today and realize, hey, I'm a mess and they leave tomorrow. We have some of the highest retention rates in the industry because of the structure that we set up with a whole management team that actually helps you manage your virtual system and will help you think of tasks to add on to your VA if you don't feel like you're utilizing your VA to the highest. Well, I guess I'm asking it the other way. So I hire a VA who's full-time and she's working full-time for us and we've been doing it for six months. How often do they leave for maybe a higher paying job or maybe a different type of job? Or what's the process of holding on to that person? Because turnover is your basic expense in any kind of business or industry. And so what are some tips I guess I'm asking to retain that person on your staff? Yeah. Number one, what we do to retain and get the highest retention rate in the industry is we give them health insurance, which is some of the top rated health insurance in the Philippines. And we give other benefits. We offer loans, interest rate. We also do paid time off for individuals that actually have been with us for a long time. We do a lot to take care of our 1099 virtual assistants over the Philippines. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't realize that virtual assistants are real people, you know, and they're real yeah. employees and you have to treat them that way, right? And the better yeah. you treat them, the longer they're going to stay for sure. It, they're just not a tool or a robot. And that's a great question. I will add to that. We have our clients that have the most success with our virtual assistants are the ones that treat them like they're in-house. Every single week they have, you know, daily huddles with them. They say, hey, here's what we want to do. What did you do the day before? And they just do a quick little five, 10 minute huddle and they actually include them in with their team calls. Many of our clients as well bonus our VAs for closed deals or some, you know, job well done. So those are just some of the things that are very good ideas to, you know, keep your VA engaged. But again, the individuals that we have in the Philippines are extremely loyal. They, you know, I don't know if you know anything about the culture there, but it's an incredible culture. They're very servant mentality type individuals who just love helping and love giving, which means they look at it as your business is their business and they take very good care of it. Yeah, fantastic. Lalita is going to take us into our final four questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by asset protection attorney, Wayne Patton. We all spend a lot of time thinking about ways to make more money, but how much time have you spent thinking about legal strategies to protect your wealth? 
Whether you're a professional, an investor, or an entrepreneur, you are at risk of being targeted in a lawsuit. Wayne is an attorney who specializes only in asset protection strategies like the use of offshore trusts. If you'd like to learn more about how you can protect your assets, visit mwpatten.com or assetprotection.law. Mention this podcast and Wayne will waive his customary $750 initial consultation fee. Again, the website is mwpatten.com or assetprotection.law. Or you can call Wayne at 877-727-1092. Call now and get protected today. All right, Bob, what is the one tool you use in real estate investing that you could not do without? All right, probably the easiest one I have to say is Google Sheets. <laughs> I think Google Sheets is uh, one of them, but also there's two other things that attach to Google Sheets. I also use a lot of data in my company and I use, you know, there's a lot of different data companies out there like ListSource, et cetera. I pull all my data from a company called RealFlow. It's a CRM, but they have a lot of data in it. Um, and also a dialer. We do a lot of phone work. So getting the right dialer in your company is very, very important. So those three things I would say. Can you tell us a story about your biggest mistake in real estate investing and what is the main takeaway for our listeners? All right. My biggest mistake was, I think it was 2005. I tried to block this one out, but it was a $150,000 loss. It was a knockdown rebuild in Greenwich, Connecticut, right down the street of where I think it's Regis Philbin used to live. And I knew nothing about the market. I am probably about two hours away and it's a way different market. So the takeaway there is know what you invest in. Don't follow the shiny object when you don't know anything about it. I mean, I never built a house. Why the heck do I think I could do a knockdown rebuild in an area that's supposed to be like two, three, four million dollars when I deal in the $250,000 area? So it wasn't a smart move by me, but great learning experience. And now I get to tell everyone else what not to do. What is it that you need to do now to grow your life to the next level? You know what? I'm putting a lot of time right now and energy into my virtual assistant business and my investment business to be able to take those funds and buy real estate. And whether it's a syndication, whether it's you know multifamily property, single family property, it's this passive income to really get to that next level. Great. And lastly, where can people find out more about you? You could either email me at bob at revaglobal.com, R-E-V-A global.com. Also Facebook, also our website at revaglobal.com. Bob, thanks so much for all the tools, tips, and great information we can all apply immediately to our businesses. Your time was very much appreciated and thank you for being on our show. Awesome. Really appreciate it. Thank you too. Thanks, Bob. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please go to iTunes and leave a rating and written review to help us grow and reach more listeners. You can also go to the Passive Income Through Multifamily Real Estate Group on Facebook so you can connect with Kyle and Lolita and ask your questions that you want them to answer on the show. Subscribe too so that you can get the latest episodes. Lastly, to stay updated, head on over to limitless-estates.com and sign up for the newsletter. If you're interested in partnering with Kyle and Lolita, sign up on the Contact Us page so you can talk to them directly. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in again next week for another episode.